right, Rage, the big question is, does he like you? Right? Because if he doesn't like you, this is all a moo point. Huh. A moo point? Yeah. It's like a cow's opinion. It just doesn't matter. It's moo. Welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jake. How's it going? Dude, I am so stressed. I feel like I could cry. Oh, no. I, Why? Dude, it's just so... School? School. And like every... <laughs> school and just not only that, like my truck is in the... Is, I just had... Like my truck is in the is in the shop getting <gasps> its brakes done and like uh-huh, the guys uh-huh. that are doing it suck and oh great i wasted an entire day yesterday up in 190 second mm-hmm. waiting for them because i thought they were doing my brakes but it turned out it just took them three and a half hours to just do an inspection because they were doing there's there's a lot of things wrong with my truck right, and i told right. them that when yeah. i dropped it off i go there's a lot of things wrong with my truck i'm just bringing in for the brakes yes, because that don't touch anything else that is like the the most important thing and it's, <laughs> it's only top I can, of the list it's the only thing i can afford to right. do on this thing and the only thing i'm willing to put into this right. truck because this truck's not worth the amount of money it would take to fix everything that's wrong with it mm-hmm. the brakes are the only thing to like that could that is going to be the difference between me living or dying driving this th- yeah. driving this thing <laughs> so i need to get the brakes fixed i pretty yeah. much explain in not as many words i explained that to him when yeah. i dropped it off and um i get so i'm sitting there i i i, I don't have any up on this part of 192nd, it's a ways to walk. So I walked like a mile uh, to Sonic. Um, and then I sat around, did some reading. And then about an hour and a half later, I'm like, I hadn't heard from him. So I'm like, I'll just walk back because I'm sure it won't be too much longer. Right. Um, I get back there and I sit down in their office and I wait for another hour and a half. <gasps> Like and then three hours. So it's three hours. And I f- they feel like the guy finally comes up to me and he's like, okay, well, I got your, I got your quotes for you. And I was like, quotes. He's like, yeah, we, we just did the inspection. I was like, it took you three hours to do just an inspection, and uh-huh. I've been sitting here for an hour and a half, and you didn't think to like come to me like earlier, say anything. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, so it would be like seven hundred and something dollars to do your front brakes because it needs new rotors and all that. And I'm like, okay, well, I expected that. And then he's like, and then we're then, then he goes on the list everything I already know because I already had my truck inspected elsewhere. They did all that extra shit. Yeah. They wasted all of that time inspecting everything else, trying to then, and then they came up with quotes for all of that Mm -hmm. for stuff I already knew about. And I told them, I already knew about that. I didn't want any of that done. And the only reason why they did that is because they were trying, I mean, it's their way of like, oh, here's what's wrong. They're trying Mm -hmm. to find other ways and which to make money. money. I get what they did, but I told them ahead of time, I just need breaks. Not only did they waste their time, but they wasted your time. Yeah. That's so I was not me. happy. And they're like, "Well, we can't. It's too late in the day. We we, we have still have to order <gasps> the parts, so it won't it won't be done um, until tomorrow." <laughs> so I'm still truckless, Jeez. which freaking sucks. That like wasted my entire wasted my entire day off. Oh damn! When was that? That was yesterday. We should have recorded yesterday. I know we should have. <laughs> <laughs> I would have came and picked you up. I know. Damn! Because this morning, today. I'm yeah, running around with my head cut off. Yeah, what's, what's going on with you? So, uh, Sunday I went for Mother's Day. Went to dinner with my mom and my mm-hmm. family. 
And my stepdad was like, hey, I have a doctor's appointment. Um, would you mind taking me? And he's done so much to help me and Jen out lately. I was like, yeah, just let me know, you know, the details. Um, and I'll, I'll, yeah, sure. So then he texts me like Monday and he's like, all right, so here's the deal. It's uh, in Lake Oswego. The appointment's at 10. It'll take a few hours. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like, not only is Thursday our recording day, mm-hmm. it's my early day at work. Plus, I didn't get off work till, I'm not supposed to get off work till 1. So I'm just like, I'm just going to bite it and just do it, you know, because he's done mm-hmm. so much. So I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. So last night at work at like 1130, I'm like, I'm fucking out of here. So <laughs> I just left um, and then came home, went to bed, and then get up. I don't ever deal with traffic Mm -hmm. because of my work hours yeah so i have zero patience for traffic Mm. so that sucked driving to portland anyways pick him up i didn't know what he was doing but he was getting lasik so (laughs) that's what the appointment was for so yeah it's like a life changer yeah hopefully i mean he's like i've wore glasses for like 30 years i'm over it i'm like dude i get it like i like wearing glasses i don't mind it Mm but maybe in 20 years i'll be pissed and want lasik or something um, I do hate like when I go to the gym and I like forget my contacts and I want to play basketball. There's no point in playing, even trying. Yeah. So I just have to run or lift. Yeah, I can't put, I can't put contacts in my eyes. Mm-hmm. So I'm stuck just wearing glasses or going blind trying why to shoot a basketball. Why can't you put it in? I, dude, I have this major phobia of trying to put my. I was trying to I can't touch my eyeballs. Oh, stop! I've had I've had or I've had like um, optometrists all try to like help like. Yeah, trying to force my eyelids open. I just have such a strong <laughs> blink reflex. Like they've, they've iron given, eyes. They've given up. They've even told me like contacts aren't an option for you. Jake, iron eyes, Joker. Yeah. Iron eyes. That's a guy. <laughs> that's a good one. Good. I like that. So yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So we get out there, and uh, I got my switch, and um, but last night my phone didn't charge. Um, that's why it's charging right now. That sucks. So, um, I charged it on the way up there in my car. And then I get there and I park and I'm, I have the I turn the car on to charge my phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm trying to figure out some news I'll announce in a minute that I talked to you about. And I'm texting you and figuring out things about that. And I'm like, you know what? I should go grab something to eat. So I go to start my car and the battery's dead. Oh, no. <laughs> How long have you been sitting there? I don't know. I completely just spaced it. And I'm like... You fucking idiot. Oh my so gosh, that's the worst. I'm like, maybe it'll start. And I have like this battery jump pack that mm-hmm. uh, mobile that Jen's mom got me um, just for this reason mm-hmm. exactly. Um, but it was in the house because oh. I had a cable in there that I needed to get out to for my GoPro. Um, so I luckily I was on a little bit of a hill and, and this parking lot was huge for this LASIK place. This is like an office complex. So I put it in neutral and I reverse back. So I'm like right on the right side of the the, mm-hmm. the parking um, parking lot. And I turn my flashers on and I'm like, that way, if somebody drives by me, I can be like, hey, like, and I had my hood up and I'm like, I need to jump. I need to jump. Well, I see this truck in the back. Like, it was like my senses were heightened. It was crazy. So I'm like sitting there like, what do I do? And all of a sudden I hear like a voice. 
And I like start looking around because I hear somebody, mm-hmm. but I don't see anybody. And it's this guy in this truck in the back of the parking lot. And I like walk over there and he's on the phone and he looks at me and I'm just like, oh, shit. So then I just kind of stand there and wait till he gets off the phone. He's like, what's up, man? And I was like, hey, could you give me a jump? And he's like, yeah, no problem. Dude, his truck and him looked like he was homeless and he was living in the truck. But he helped me out, so I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But he's he, I, we jump in, and he's looking at my battery. He's like, you need a new battery, dude. And I'm like, do I? And he's like, yeah, your battery's 10 years old. I'm like, how the fuck do you know? He's like, it says right here on it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit. And he's like, yeah, dude, you, you're going to want to pick up a new battery. And I'm like, all right. So jump me. Then I uh, went and grabbed some food, then came back. And then I was playing my Switch in my car, just chilling, and then drove home. Drove my dad home and ran here, set up. Now you're here. Now we're doing this. Yep. So it was it was it was less crazy than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But last night I'm like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to get this all done. Yeah. And you were like, dude, if it's a problem, like let me know. And I'm like, I will do it. <laughs> I was like determined to well, do I, it. I appreciate your uh, your fortitude. Dude, I told you, and I don't joke. Like it's not me just saying it. I love doing this. Well, I know, but I, I also love I also it. but also like just want to let it known yeah. that if <laughs> if like come hell or high water, if yeah. it's a choice between like something catastrophic happening uh-huh. or you recording, like, right? Choose to <laughs> make the right decision. For sure. No, I know yeah. that, but it's like. I don't know. It's what is this? Forty four, uh, something like that. Yeah, we haven't missed like, a week. Haven't missed a fucking week. Yeah, and it's like I'm proud of that. Yeah. I want to keep going. If we hit fifty two without missing a week, that's some baller status, yeah, right there. That's pretty good. Yeah, and that's consistent. And yeah. Uh, with that said, I'm gonna tease something. Okay. Okay. So I, you and I have, I have a friend who is a graphic designer. He's the head of a. De- art department at a record label and he's a great graphic designer um and he offered to to make us a new graphic logo and um you know i just threw whatever that that yellow one on i just threw it together in like five minutes on like a logo app Mm -hmm. um and it's gross (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's worked for a year yeah um but i've always wanted something to look a little cleaner maybe maybe resembles the show a little bit more um and so he texts me this morning and he's like, hey, I sent over some image ideas for the logo. Let me know what you think. Um, it's a color change. It's a logo change. And I'm stoked on it. Yeah. And I, so I sent it over I, to you. I like the color. I told you I like the color switch. Yeah, yeah. And I think the uh, I think the logo is great. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I think it. I think what I told him about it is the image on it, um, it feels a little, it's kind of got a little historic feel to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It looks like an old ad almost. Yeah. You know, so, which I wanted. I wanted a little, something to look a little bit like historical. and Sure. Sense. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, he's going to send me over the files and then we'll change over some images for yeah. the podcast. And I think just the image itself, like you guys will see it. Yeah. It's something, it's a, it's attention grabbing. Like it's going to be so. something that if you saw on a t-shirt, even if you didn't see the words, you just saw the logo, mm-hmm. you'd be, you'd want to figure out more about what, mm-hmm. what that is. Like, I hope so. So, <laughs> Yeah. So um, I think within the next week we'll probably have it up and uh, it'll be on our social media and it'll be on our podcast feed. So if you go to look for our podcast and you're like, hey, where the hell is say what you mean? The image has changed. <laughs> so uh, be aware the colors are purple and black. So if you if you're confused and lost, 
when we change, those are the colors. Mm-hmm. You'll know. It'll still be the same place on all your podcast feeds. It'll just be a different look. And you're and still your your favorite two hosts. Yes. Your number one favorite host, Jake, and then me, the co-host. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, okay. So, I have some things to talk about. Okay. I hope you didn't bring anything because I got a whole plan. All right. I'm just I, I will follow your lead. <laughs> okay. So, I ordered this. I'll start with the the birds. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm fucking obsessed. Um. I ordered this massive, what is this brand? Uh, American Museum of Natural History, um, Birds of the Nor- of North America. Hmm. It's a $40 book. I got it for 20 bucks on Amazon. Nice. It's fucking huge. It's an encyclopedia. Encyclopedia. Um, so it's huge. It's got all these birds, some that live in my area, some that don't. Um. So I thought I wanted to tell you something. So this is the Stellar's J mm-hmm. we talked about. I think I have seen that. Now I'm looking at a picture of it. Yeah. I think I have seen those around. Yeah, I saw one down the road a little bit earlier. So this is Trevor. Um, <laughs> Trevor? Yeah, I told you. I named him Trevor. Oh, you're... St- okay. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were just like, you're renaming the entire species Trevor. I should. Um, so I've been flipping through this a little bit. Uh, read about those stupid... Um, what are they? Morning doves. Doves. Yeah. Read about those a little bit. I didn't realize it was morning. M O U R N I N G. Like sadness. Yeah. Um, they're dumb as fuck. Um, but what I thought was interesting, and I thought you would enjoy, is um, so they have some facts here. Each pa- each bird has a little page. Um, talks about a little bit of the species, some s- interesting facts. Um, but they have nesting habits, hmm. uh, feeding habits. Um, and they have a, a voice here, which I thought is fun. Hmm. So remember how I was talking about the Sellers Jay and how they mimic mm, yeah. other birds? And mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder what they sound like. Um, <laughs> uh, well, they have the phonetics here. <laughs> so I'm looking through this I, book. I wonder if that was fun for the person yeah, to write the phonetics or right. that just really sucked. Shek, 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 shek. <laughs> So I'm like going through all these birds just looking at weird ass sounds that they make hmm. um, and just just making their calls. Uh, what is this? An alder fly catcher. Um, pip, peep, tip. Woo-wee. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can imagine, I'm sitting here looking through this book and just making bird calls. Yeah. I'm no Jake joking with my bird calls. Iron eyes Jake, but um, I don't know. It's kind of fun. Yeah. So. What I like to do is um, if I see a bird maybe that I don't know, I'll like write a description in Google real quick mm-hmm. and I'll pull it up real quick so I can like compare it to the bird I see. And then I'll come back to the book and kind of read up on it. I don't like to, I don't know, something about going to the book, the encyclopedia yeah. and something you know tangible. It's, it's something I can read through and not just look it up online, which I could have done instead of buying this book, but... There's something fun about having it in the book. Sure. I'm sure they have um, a section on ducks and stuff. Oh, yeah. All kinds. Of, it's all like, uh, what is this? Thrushes, um, wrens, chickadees, and titmice? <laughs> Those swallows. They're jays and crows. They're kind of divvied up by types. Mm-hmm. Owls, pigeons, and doves. Shore shorebirds, gulls, ox, and relatives. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we can look up some birds later. <laughs> Hawks, eagles, vultures, and relatives. That was a red tail, by the way, that we saw that was a red last tail. episode. Okay. Those things are fucking cool. Oh, I was driving to work or driving somewhere, and 
I turned out my road and went left, and there's a field right there to the left. And I saw this fucking red tail swoop down and grab something, and it had a snake, and it was flying. Oh, yeah. Snake. It was tough. I saw an eagle when I was hunting this year pick up a snake I that was bigger than anything I thought could live around here. Really? Yeah, and it was super scary because it was <gasps> flying, and then it dropped and accidentally dropped it because it was so big. A big-ass snake? It, and it landed on the other side of the pond where I was hunting, and so then like I was so afraid to like wait out there <laughs> the rest of the day. Jesus. I wonder what kind of snake it was. I don't Maybe. know, but it was huge. It I was a, a snake book now. massive snake. Like a bigger <laughs> snake than anything I, I would expect to see in this area. Yeah, like I've not area. seen a big snake in this area. Like I've seen, like I, I've used the fly fish that it shoots quite a bit. And oh, that's, hell yeah. You get a lot of um, uh, rattlesnake, like bigger Fuck rattlesnakes. that. And bigger king snakes, which are bigger than rattler, a lot of times bigger than rattlers. Mm-hmm. Scary as shit mm-hmm. because you, until you see the tail and you realize, okay, that's not actually a ra- uh, rattlesnake. Mm. But- they always use the the river for like to get places, uh-huh. and you'll be out there waiting, fly That's fishing, awesome. and you'll look up the river, and here comes this freaking king snake with his head up, navigating the rapids, like coming at you, and you're just like, what? You just back out of the river as I think if it if it sees you out there, it's gonna because it thinks it's land, it'll come up, it'll like come Try to, to you, grab on like, you, yeah. So, Holy shit! Yeah, one time the scariest though, the scariest thing that ever happened was. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I'd fly fish at the end. Usually at the end of May is when the uh, salmon fly hatch would be. So that's when the trout are super active right. in, like, mopping area. And uh, I was I would always keep my water bottles, like, underneath the water with a rock on top of them to keep yeah. them cool. Yep. And so I was walking back in to get a um, – to get, to get my water. Mm-hmm. And I heard the heard a rattlesnake that – and they used the water too? He was on the bank. Uh-huh. And I was like, my foot was about to step down on top of him. And he was like, the, he's about a good five foot rattlesnake, huge Holy rattlesnake. Shit. And I just, I just doubled back into the water. It was so <laughs> scary. Dude. I was like, well, I was, you know, it was closer than me and you away. Whoa. I was just right on top of this five foot rattlesnake. It? Yeah. That's awesome. And then it just slithered, I saw it slither away, but oof. Five scary. feet. I might I mean, have been exaggerating. It was a big snake. Either way, fucking uh, two it was, feet is big. It was an adult rattlesnake, yeah. and it was poisonous. So Jeez. that's all I needed to know. Um, on the on the man trip one year, uh, we went to Lake Billy Chinook, and that's where we're going again this year. But we all we drove the boats to the bridge, mm-hmm. and we were jumping off the bridge. And then once you jump off the bridge, you kind of go to the bank and then climb back up the bridge. Well, one guy went to the right side of the bridge where all these bushes were, oh, no. and oh, you just hear and he's like i think there's a rattlesnake over here and we're like get the fuck out of there dude <laughs> oh my god just to hear that rattle mm-hmm. we could all hear it and we're just like run get in the water and then he did get in the water but it's just that sound yeah it's like that caulking of a shotgun mm-hmm. you know they always say like if someone breaks into your house sometimes just caulking the shotgun is enough to get them the hell out of your house mm-hmm. you hope anyway yeah but yeah Otherwise, you want to, you know, will it, uh, I'm trying to think of the expressions. Will it, how much, was it spin? Will it spin them like a top? Oh, yeah. <laughs> God. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Blazers? Blazers. Throws to 
Blake now throws to Roy. Brandon, a three-pointer out front. Hit him! Yes, he did! Oh, yeah! How do you feel, negative Nancy? Negative. Oh, I mean, that's... I was disappointed, but I just want to like. I just want. I just want to. I just want to say something. Okay, I feel like Man, you were annoyed by my response. That to you. that um no. <laughs> oh okay. It, no, it it didn't annoy me. Oh okay. I just have a different opinion. Yeah. Um, Not allowed. That's fine. Not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> the um, I wasn't annoyed at all, yeah, but it was okay. just um. I mean, I saw. Where, I know where you're coming from, yeah, yeah. and I wish I could feel like that, but I want more. <laughs> yeah. No. For Any, sure. Anyway, um, the. I just that those wheels is calls the way wheels like he's such intro? a professional dude they'll always hold such a like place in my heart oh yeah because it was just hearing that call mm-hmm. and everything and, and it was just great and not having him be able to call his last like the denver series not having him oh, there for that like, listening to not that? having like the seventh the game seven because i yeah. listened to a lot of that on the radio right. <gasps> um he wasn't calling those no he's he's uh yeah he's got some medical yeah up. some medical issues so dude he, so it's been it's been somebody else and he's okay i mean he does a decent job but i don't care who but, it is but we like it wheels. you're you're not wheels and you're not antonio harvey either yeah and that was antonio harvey you hear in the lillard shot yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. they fired antonio harvey like two seasons ago what yeah and i didn't know that like i didn't know this at the time until recently a long time yeah antonio harvey was on that <gasps> 2000 western conference finals team so you know how cool would that have been for to have him on the call then this time that the that the blazers are in the western conference finals that's bullshit dude yeah i didn't when, know when they, that when they, when they fired mike and mike they fired antonio harvey too so who's the color commentator if it's wheels, he doesn't have one. Are you serious? Yeah, and if it's if this it's new guy, it's some other dude. That pisses me off, mm-hmm. dude. I didn't know that. I know Antonio Harvey was super good because he he made this one game. He made this uh, he made a, a friends reference where he he said like it's a moot point. Like it's a cow's opinion. Yeah, the, 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 he Joey, said that? the Joey reference. He yeah. said that. He said that on oh, the air. That's good. Maybe love. Maybe love Antonio Harvey. Anyway, so uh, to the to the games. Yes. Um, so we are in the Western Conference Final. We are. It's and pretty Jake cool. Jake wants more. Jake's so greedy. He wants more, more, more. I want <laughs> them to at least just put up put up a fight. Okay, they did for three quarters. It was within six for the Just majority so of the game. Just so much sloppy play. The they didn't even practice. Golden State is not that good. They a lot of them are unforced, though. Who? Blazers. Unforced? What do unforced you mean? Unforced turnovers. Oh, the turnovers were fucking... I didn't watch most of the game. I, I had the game on at my desk, and every mm-hmm. time there was a commercial, I'd ran out to the doc to try yeah. to do inspections, and then run back to my office mm-hmm. and try to watch as much as I could. Um, my opinion on the game, before we get into yours, was that... I don't think we're winning the championship this year. No. I have Although no. I do like us against Toronto if we draw that matchup. Oh, that, that's who I want mm-hmm. to go against. I don't think that's who is going to the finals. No. But that's who I would like to play. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we're going to the finals. I don't think we're winning the championship this year. But to be at this point with the devastating loss of Nurkic and the scare with Rodney Hood. The, the, the scare with CJ. The scare with CJ before the playoffs, um, the the 
nasty battle with OKC and the game-winning shot to send us here mm-hmm. or to Denver, then the grind against Denver, the heart, the will, the determination that this team has shown is such contrast to last last two years mm-hmm. when they got swept in the playoffs. Yeah. So I I am happy where we are. I am I'm watching the game. I'm seeing I saw some ugly shit from the Blazers, obviously, because they lost. But I'm just enjoying I'm trying to just enjoy the things that I am seeing that I do like. Mm-hmm. Zach Collins, dude the the double on um when they were doubling uh Cantor in the post and he's just dumping it down to Minu for a dunk or mm-hmm. Zach for a dunk. Little shit like that. I'm just I'm loving. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that they didn't practice, and they I barely watched film before this game. Yeah, you, sorry. But you know Golden State. <laughs> you do, but it's still the champs. You, yeah, I, and they're I, building in a Western Conference Finals game one. Yeah, they're coming off rest. Yeah, they move the ball better. They're a different team without Kevin Durant. Obviously, yes, that's. Not even that. That's not a hot take because yeah. you, hot take. you remove the the best player off of any team. It doesn't matter who they are. They're going to play differently. Yes. However, I think they're a tougher matchup for Portland without KD on the floor. Really? I do. T- I think so because they the ball movement kills the Blazers because mm-hmm. the Blazers don't have a good pick and roll defender. Right. And they don't have honestly, Aminu and Harkless have been subpar wing defenders for sure. And Lillard and McCollum our turnstiles on the perimeter yeah. in terms of trying to like guard one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Lillard's getting Dame's, better. Dame's L- been better. Dame has been better. Yes. He's still not great. No. And McCollum, McCollum is good at getting in the passing lanes and affecting. He's he, got some good deflections too. He can, he can, he can make plays. Yeah. But I think overall his defense is lacking. Yeah. Yeah. So they're harder to, this iteration mm-hmm. of the Warriors, I think is harder for Portland to guard. Because of the ball movement and the unselfish, you think play. the ball movement slows down with KD out there? Yeah, because he's a ball stopper mm-hmm. ISO guy, mm-hmm. and yeah, he's the ultimate get me a bucket dude. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that you say we need this, and he's going to get you that score. Right, right. right. But over the over the length of a game, right, when he's stopping movement, and I think he takes a lot of what makes Seth and Clay, especially Steph and Clay, Steph and Clay, mm-hmm. not Seth and Clay. Why, Steph the, and why Clay. the fuck would those parents do that? I don't know. <laughs> it's so annoying, but making what they do so well yeah. is, is, is high ball screens moving. They both move so well without the so ball. So well in Katie, when he gets that ball in the high post, mm-hmm. when he fit, when he's like facing up his defender, yeah. he's not passing out of That's that. That's a good point. That's a good point. And where, so you could run a guy like him, you can run a guy like Harkless or even Zach on him. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Even though that dude's going to get his buckets, right? There, do you know what their record is when he scores forty or more points? Mm-mm. One in six. Oh wow! So you make him the primary mm-hmm, ball handler. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Portland's got a chance. That's a good point. That's interesting. I think you know what they are without Katie record wise. What thirty two and four? Are you serious? That is so interesting. I don't think he's coming back though. Like at all, I think they're keeping shit secret. I think his injury is worse than they're saying. Yeah, because he's not even on the floor yet. No, I honestly think he tore his Achilles, and they're not talking about it. I honestly think so. If they're hiding that injury, that that could have like some league ramifications. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I think they're hiding it. I don't think they're saying anything hmm. because the way he looked back, he looked like he looked back like someone kicked him in the in yeah. the heel, yeah. and then he grabs it and he grabbed it pretty low, 
and that's a snap. That's like a rubber band, so it yeah. it shoots up. Mm-hmm. It just it just didn't look like a calf industry in injury, and there was zero contact, and it was just him on his own. Like when Kobe to, uh, tore his Achilles, yeah. it was on just like a plant. Like he planted his foot mm-hmm. to cut, and it snapped. So it's kind of looked the same way. I don't know. I just don't trust it. If the Warriors say it's a calf industry in injury, sure, but. I just think it's more than that. To not come back for game one, now possibly game two and three, just seems a little shady. Yeah. So they need to plan for... Either that or they're just like, we can probably get through Portland without him. Let's just rest him for the finals. That's a good point. Um, I think if you're going to play this team in this matchup, Steve Kerr was saying we can go deeper on our bench with playing against Portland because they're a closer matchup. We don't have a big, a dominant big, so Mm -hmm. they don't have to. Um but if you're gonna run, if they're gonna run pick and roll, I think you trap Steph when the screen is like uh, what's his Looney. Mm-hmm. Make Looney the decision maker because oh, yeah. Steph will pass the ball to him on the trap mm-hmm. and make him have to make a decision because yeah. he's no. But if it's Draymond, then you got problems because Draymond's a good playmaker. And he's a good passer. Yeah. So I don't know. The it's annoying that I understand. At first, I was all upset. I sent you a text saying this loss is on the coaching staff. Yes. They their inability to um, adjust mm-hmm. cost them that game, and I will stick that I will stick to that take to a point. Okay, I think sticking with Aminu and Harkless in the starting lineup, even in that like I know like he went away from it really quick against Denver, but that's when you got put into a hole. Yeah. is with Aminu like he's so loyal to his guys yep. to a fault. Mm-hmm. And I know Aminu got you there. He's been your starting four for three seasons now. Yes. But it's just... It's not working. It's not working. It's not. I don't know what is wrong with him, but it's not working. Well, I think Terry, Coach Stotts, has shown that being loyal to certain guys has benefited Mm -hmm. the team. Yeah. Sticking with CJ and Dame in moments when maybe it wasn't great, and 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 having that faith in Collins, you know what I mean? Yeah. When most people wouldn't, the, in those cases, it's worked out. But Aminu is hurting us. Yeah, he Harkless gives- is when Harkless is out there and he's in the paint. Mm-hmm. I think he does well. He hit a, a three or two yeah. the other night, which yeah. is great. But Aminu is bleh, not good. No, Aminu just, I don't know what has happened to him. He has lost his ability to play. Even when he, like, you expect with offense, but one every five games, Aminu will give you a competent offensive game. The rest of the nights, he gives you some variation of nothing to acceptable. (laughs) Not even acceptable. Not even acceptable. Um, Less than par, dude. It's not been nice. And But you can always rely on his rebounding. Mm -hmm. He's a good rebounder. And he's a good one-on-one defender. Yeah. He's not great in rotation. No. So zone defense, he gets hurt a lot in zone. Yeah. But he's a good one-on-one ball defender. Mm-hmm. He keeps guys in front of him. Right. Enforces mid-range jump shots, which is what Stotts' defense wants. Mm-hmm. The problem with, you know, that worked. It didn't work with Denver because they're a, they're a ball movement, mm-hmm. slashing, get-to-the-bucket kind of team mm-hmm. where he gets caught in space. Mm-hmm. Golden State is not going to shoot mid-range jump shots, and they're not going to get tricked into shooting them. Nope. They have no reason to. Nope. Then they know how to... shoot threes they, or drive it. Yeah. They know how to play that analytic style of basketball. Mm-hmm. So 
trying to run the zone defense, the same kind of defense that they ran against OKC, which was incredibly effective, Mm -hmm. to turn a non-jump shooting team into a jump shooting team worked great. And it worked at times against Denver. Mm -hmm. But this is not going to work, and I hope that they can make some adjustments. Yeah, I don't want to dare this team to shoot. That makes zero sense. No, you're daring (laughs) Seth Curry, one of the best three-point shooters if not the best he three-point is shooter. the greatest three-point shooter you think of all he's time. the best yes better than ray allen yes all right yes yes okay did you watch that game he's did you better, watch any game i did he's a better ball handler than if he's open it's in yeah and some of those shots he hit against portland he was not open no clay, still clay not the, some of out. the shots that clay had but your thing is you're, you're guarding clay who's six seven with a six three Wait, clay, why are you talking oh you're talking about that matchup yeah yeah I mean, Clay can shoot right over CJ. They fucking killed us in the fourth, dude. It was like, oh, they've been within six the whole game? Let me take this. Three, 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 three. I was just like, holy shit. I know. Or wide open dunks. Yeah. That's the frustrating part, too. Yeah. That in, in the games where Denver won, Portland just not getting back on defense. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. one particular in game five. They sent... I don't know if we talked about this, mm-hmm. but in game five, no, we didn't because we didn't talk after we last time we recorded was after game five and yeah. you and I didn't want to talk about yeah, Blazers. That's right. <laughs> and um, so they, uh, they, I, they were having a hard time. Portland was just not getting back on defense. So it's thoughts calls a timeout, right? They run this set. The set was trying to get Lillard a shot. Lillard didn't have a shot. Craig guarded him really well. No. He gives it to Collins in the high post. Collins goes to, um, takes the shot because there's nothing else. There's mm-hmm. nothing else there in the offensively. So he just forces up a shot. It's somewhat guarded. Didn't make it. But you could tell what Stotts must have said in the in the uh, timeout because as soon as Col- I mean, Collins goes to shoot and the ball's not even out of his hands yet and every blazer is headed back towards the defensive side of the ball. Oh. The defensive side, they just bailed. They're like, we're not going to even try for the offensive board. We're just going to get back in the fill the lanes. Right. The the three three or four Denver's stay back, but mm-hmm. Plumley leaks. Mm-hmm. They get the board, long lead pass. Plumley still beats all of Portland mm-hmm. to the like mm-hmm. to the back cut. Yeah, like how does that happen? You are literally trying to do everything you can to stop that, and you still mm-hmm. give it up. Right. That and that was Aminu on the floor. It's just that kind of stuff that yeah. just drives me absolutely insane. About I don't know. He doesn't do that. Right. And now he can't stop doing, doing it. it yeah <laughs> so okay so tonight i think they went tonight portland yeah me too i think they're i have gonna that make, i have that feeling yeah me too i think they're gonna make adjustments and i think it's gonna be honestly last thing i'll say is um when i was watching what i saw of that game i do not feel like portland looked like they were a far less team they looked good as a team to me. They looked tired. Uh, they did look tired, but I mean, just that double, the, the, like I said, the double teams to the post, to the to the back cut dunks. I really, really liked those. I thought those were great plays. Um, I don't know. I just felt like they were they were hanging in there and mm-hmm. they looked good. Um, yes, maybe they were tired and understudied, but I think after a day or two of rest and studying and practicing, I think tonight they're gonna they're gonna be a better matchup. I think. I think they're going to, I don't know, if you're going to fucking take one of them out, take Steph out and make Clay the dominant scorer. Because Clay has had moments where he has not been a good shooter. Right, right. So even when he's open, there's times where he's missed. Right. Um, Final thought? Final thought is start Collins, Polaminu, 
Yep. I agree. Um, keep Harkless in the starting lineup because he offers you good wing defense and I he agree. can slash. Um, run in the second unit, have Turner as a primary ball handler so either Lillard and McCollum can work off the ball mm-hmm. and bring and give Aminu's minutes to Lehman. Just because I think Layman's athleticism is something that Golden State has not been able to prepare for. Mm-hmm. And Turner and Layman, during the regular season, had a really good connection on those back cuts. Yes. And Turner has the balls to try to make those passes. Right. Whereas Lillard, I think, has been hesitant to try the backdoor lobs. Yeah. He's never really thrown them. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Turner has just enough craziness in his mind yeah. that he can do it. He's a fucking so, uh <laughs> that's that would be that's my final thought. Okay. I like it. Um, none of that will happen, but it would <laughs> no. be nice. Aminu will start. Yes. We'll see number eight out there with his janky-ass jumper yep. missing open jumpers. Oh, one real quick thought. His mid-range is atrocious. He should never take a mid-range. It's the, I don't understand how you're in the fucking NBA and you can't shoot a mid-range. Like, high post shot, non-existent. He can't even... F- like, fundamentally, he can't do no, it. No, no. When he goes to pull it, it looks like he's like... He looks like he's just been asked to explain quantum physics. <laughs> like That's he perfectly just, put. He's just like, wait, what the fuck? And then he just throws it. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. It's so bad. Do you think he comes back next year? He's a free agent. I think he. I think they all love the culture. I think they all want to come back. He. So Portland is so cap strapped. Yeah. Aminu is the only player of the main. So we have four free agents. Yeah. With uh, Curry. Um, Curry's, I thought, two years. No, Curry is a one year. Oh. Uh, Hood, Cantor, uh-huh. and Aminu, who are yeah. all unrestricted. Uh, we only have bird rights on one, uh-huh. and that's Aminu. Uh-huh. So we can go over the cap to sign him. Fuck that. Let him go. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> then who starts at your four, Collins? I don't, yes. But then he's got to start He's got to start at five until Nurk comes back. That's fine. Have Myers and Collins. Give Myers more minutes in the beginning. I of the think season. that could work. I think so too. Because they have both have the ability to semi stretch the floor. Yes, but the, the on the defensive end though, can they guard on the perimeter? I don't care. I'll take I'll take ten losses in a row at the beginning of the season. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I think I think with Dame, you know, Dame got the the starting role right at the beginning, and I think that helps kids. I think when you put guys right at the beginning, yeah. starting that only makes them better. Mm-hmm. People always say, CJ always says. Bigs take longer to develop, which is true. But I think when Myers gets out there and he feels comfortable, he does great things. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of little things that don't show up on the stat, stat sheet. And uh, I don't know. I just I have a lot more respect and 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 interest in what Myers does lately sure. than what he has in the past. So. Sure. Hopefully, one of the two, one of the three big contracts that are expiring at the end of next season. Mm-hmm are tradable this season as expiring deals. Right. They'll, they'll definitely be movable at next year's trade deadline, but mm-hmm. that's a bit too late. Portland needs yeah. reinforcements of this summer because they're losing three major or four. They're losing four major minute earners. Yeah. So. Well. Anyway, that went on a little longer than we thought. Soon. Yeah. All right. Next thing I have. Okay. Okay. Uh, I watched the movie Vice. Vice. 2018. Vice. Yeah. So what is that movie? It's the the one about Dick Cheney. Oh, okay. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I saw previous. I already that. see your your judging eyes. 
<laughs> your iron judgy eyes. Um, so it's the story of Dick Cheney as an unassuming bureaucratic Washington insider who quietly wielded immense power as vice president to George W. Bush, yeah, he did. reshaping the country and the globe in ways that we still feel today. So I mean, that's fair. Yes. Assessment. So obviously <laughs> my first thought is watching this. I can't help. But think of it as critically as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, uh, mm, mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's Adam McKay who who t- fucking directed like uh, the other guys. Um, okay. I, I think he's like uh, Will Ferrell's main director. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's a comedic actor uh, or director. Um, what else? Is it? Step Brothers. He did all those shit. Gotcha. So, so he's directing this what historical film about the vice president is it meant to be historical i mean there's a lot that they put in there that is historically accurate okay but they definitely put it through their liberal lens um they allude to the emphasis of oil they allude to a lot um but overall it was pretty interesting okay i don't think you would hate it I don't think you'd love it, but I don't think you'd hate it. Um, actually, you might hate it. <laughs> um, but it was it was it was interesting. I mean, you have um, so Christian Bale plays Dick Cheney, and he did a freaking good job. Really, it's freaking crazy. Well, like, I'm, 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 I like Christian Bale. Yeah, me too. Um, and then who do they have? Uh, Adam uh, Amy Adams plays Lynn Cheney, his wife. Mm. Um, I like Amy Adams. Yeah, Steve Carell plays Donald Rumsfeld. That's an interesting yeah, casting choice. Yeah. Sam Rockwell plays George W. Bush. How do you feel that having just watched The Unknown Known, how do you feel Sam, um, Steve Carell did? Not very good. Yeah. I but think. he's not, he doesn't really have that, that big of a part. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how accurate this is, but uh, Rumsfeld, um, uh, Cheney was like a, an assistant to Rumsfeld mm-hmm. early on. In the administration? Yeah. Not in this administration, in um, Nixon's. Yeah. Yeah. So they show all of that shit. Oh, did um, they? Okay. Which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, but so they, they they portray Dick as kind of like this, like they says, an unassuming bureaucratic Washington insider uh, as this just kind of silent watcher who just watches how things operate. And there's this quote at the beginning of the movie where basically says like, he's just waiting for his moment to strike. Um, and they, they do this thing in the middle of the movie where um, he, he kind of gets out of politics. His um, daughter comes out as gay. Mm-hmm. And so he's just like, I don't even want to deal with what might come with that. If I try to run for anything, people attacking my daughter, I don't want to deal with that. So he, um, so they, they have this moment in the movie where they're like, they, it's halfway through the movie, and they're like, and um, Dick and Lynn bought, brought this property, and uh, Dick was the CEO of Halliburton, and, and the credits start rolling like it's the end of the movie, and then it goes black, and the phone rings, and he picks it up, and it's the call to be the run as the vice president, hmm. which... It's an interesting way to do that. Yeah. Like, just thematically yeah yeah it was kind of it was kind of cool like he was done he wasn't interested in doing anything and i mean the movie portrays it as like he, they're like hey do you want to run with me uh george asked him and he's like no but i'll help you find someone to run with you and then um what is the term jake 
um, when they talk about consolidating executive power, it's this theory. What is it called? Oh my gosh. It's going to drive me crazy. I should have fucking wrote it down. Consolidating executive power? No, executive. Um, hold on. Unitary executive theory. So that's okay. that's what they brought up in the movie a bunch. Um, the unitary executive theory is a theory of American constitutional law holding that the president possesses the power to control the entire executive branch. The doctrine is rooted in Article 2 of the United States Constitution, which vests the executive power of the United States in the president. Although um, the general principle is widely accepted, there's a disagreement about the strength and scope of the doctrine. It can be said that some favor a strongly unitary executive, while others favor a weakly unitary executive. The former group argue, for example, that Congress's power to interfere in intra-executive decision-making is limited and the president can control policy-making by all executive agencies within limits set for those agencies by Congress. Still, others argue that the Constitution requires a unitary executive but believe this is to be harmful and propose its abolition by, the constitu by a constitutional amendment. So I think the idea in the film is that in, in a time of war, you see that emphasis of executive... Mm -hmm power yeah so i think when um what they're th so th an interesting character that is i can't remember his name um i'm gonna have to look it up but dick cheney's lawyer is pretty prevalent he was in the part of his crew the entire time is it david addington i don't know fuck i think it is david addington it's okay. his lawyer um yeah it is so any decision that he was making, he was constantly going back to his lawyer like, blah, 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 you know, should we do this? Should we do not? Um, should we do that? Is this? And then when it comes after 9-11, it's like he immediately turns to his lawyer and is like, what can we do? What should we do? Um, and essentially, I mean, it, it kind of just shows him building this team to kind of take power as vice president from George Bush. Hmm. It's interesting. I don't know. I've never, I never heard unitary executive theory, um, and that's kind of. It's interesting that it was in this movie, and kind of discussed and, and exemplified throughout this movie. But I don't know. Check it out if yeah. you want. I mean, there's no question that um, Dick Cheney and then Joe Biden are outliers in terms of how much influence and real power they had as vice presidents. Mm -hmm. A lot of times vice presidents have been nothing but figureheads that have been replaced because of pl uh, political need, um, you know, been chosen and then replaced right, throughout, right. throughout different administrations based on on more politics than anything than what their contributions could possibly be. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, that's, inter that's interesting. He was the chief of sta staff for, um, to Vice President Dick Cheney. David Addington was so it? his okay. lawyer was mm. um, and they had like this this moment after 9-11 when they're they're in this war room and you know the president was at the school reading at the time and then uh, Dick Cheney gets a call from President Bush and he's like no 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 just stay in the air as long as you can like I've got it from here and he kind of just like 
the movie, you know, it's it's sensationalized, but he kind of like you see all him condensing all of this power and responsibility into himself. And he like calls president and he's like, hey, we should stay separate from now. And there's a lot of scenes where they show uh, Dick Cheney's um, team intercepting memos and 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 trying to control the executive branch. Hmm. It's interesting. I don't know how, um, how much of it is true, but after watching the documentary, um, the unknown known, it was just like you could see you could see some ties, and like I don't know, it just even just watching Rumsfeld, I felt like a lot of times even in that documentary, he's fucking lying. I I just feel I could tell mm-hmm. when he was lying. So then when you see you know it was like I said it was a very liberal take on the whole administration and and the time, but. I could just see some connections and when I thought Rumsfeld was lying in that documentary and then you see kind of it played out in this sensationalized film. I'm like, I guess now, you know what I mean? I'm just mm-hmm. drawing, drawing conclusions that maybe aren't there, but sure. I don't know. I felt it was an interesting movie. Okay. Um, but again, it's, it's, I'm wary of those, of those kind of movies because it's like, there's an agenda there mm-hmm. and, and there was, there's like a montage and they're showing like all these clips of like, even even in the synopsis, it says like reshaping the country and the globe in ways that we still feel today, which is on a level is true. But they were like showing images from today and like kind of trying to like say, like, see, this is all because of the Bush administration or or this is all because of Dick Cheney. And I'm like, OK, you're push- like literally showing images of Trump. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there was images of um the 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 children in camps or prisons on the border. Oh. Yeah. So little things like that, I'm just like, okay. I mean, but like you and I talked about last week, I mean, the the just 9-11 in itself, the attack on U.S. soil, it's just that was catastrophic in changing the way that government yeah. operates. A, completely, you know? and then changed, you know, as we mentioned, the, the way the Americans see the, right, the, America, right. the population see the world, and in a lot of ways, our democracy is just a reflection of how people are thinking currently. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah, I, I think both George W. Bush and President, uh, President Bush and President Obama were both weak on foreign policy heading into the Oval Office. They mm-hmm. had their own theoretical ideas. Obama very um, institutional. He's a very big institutionalist. He wanted to um, try to work through a more cooperative role mm-hmm. with world in terms of America's foreign policy, being much more hesitant to use to use force and wanting to find more diplomatic routes. Whereas Bush, I think, and and then and I think a lot of that had to do also with just President Obama's like personal beliefs about the about the world system but then also biden who is one of the best foreign policy um guys on the hill Mm -hmm. being his vice president was key and and biden had a lot of autonomy within the obama administration in terms of shaping foreign policy on in specific areas and cheney definitely did Mm -hmm. had a ton of influence yeah on that and that's not deniable that that is true right that cheney had a ton of influence and and that's that's definitely abnormal for a vice president. Right. But you could say that's also by design that President George 
George W. Bush, knowing his deficiencies Mm -hmm. in a time of crisis, deferring to a guy he knows has been in Washington for a long period of time, has worked in foreign policy, has worked with his dad working, he was a CIA, Mm -hmm. George H.W. Bush was a CIA director, was new, knows who Dick Cheney is, Mm -hmm. Dick Cheney being a part of that, that whole circle, Mm -hmm. deferring in a time of absolute need to somebody who, um, obviously is much more versed in those matters than he would be. Is that nefarious? We we don't we don't know. You can obviously spin it as that. That's that's Cheney being the puppeteer over a aloof George W. Bush, Mm -hmm. or is that George W. Bush being rational Mm -hmm. and saying, This is I don't know what to do here. Mm -hmm. I hired this guy because of his fallen foreign policy Mm -hmm. expertise to be my vice president to fill a need where I didn't have and you in leaning on that relationship. Right. Obviously, that's the only people who really know that are the guys who were in that administration right. at the time. So yeah. it's just different speculation. Yeah, th- that's a good point. They do they do kind of spin him as this puppet master, and Bush is just this dummy. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, I don't know what's going on. And, you know, again, we never know. But it just seems like for someone to just be completely, you know what I mean, Un- unknown and and just just completely unaware and just blind to everything that was happening that just seems a little too much but who knows i don't know i thought it was an interesting film sure it's something i wanted to watch i love christian bale so yeah the, the vice president president relationship is such an interesting like area of study and how it's like different i mean there's differences because obviously the president gets to choose how much right. he wants to lead on the vice president you have a guy like trump who pence is nothing but a figurehead nothing right, but right. really a tool to bring evangelicals on board mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with fdr like fdr went through a ton of vice presidents mm-hmm. and like harry he kept harry truman purposefully in the dark he thought harry truman was an idiot mm-hmm. he just used harry truman to to take for a you know as a political tool um for re-election right. and um so yeah How it's in the same thing with jfk jfk used lyndon b johnson mm-hmm. uh to get texas and so I mean, you can you it's just interesting how that's why johnson had him killed <laughs> <laughs> you with your conspiracy theories dude i've read about it i've done research but it's I mean, it's just interesting and then you see like a guy like truman who yeah. like steps in who steps into power right. and the ramifications after that because there's um really though like the war like the um like the the war council and the national mm-hmm. security like mm-hmm. the national security council was formed because Truman was kept so much in the dark by mm-hmm. FDR. So when Truman comes on onto the stage as president, because FDR passes away, you're still in the mix of world in the midst of World War II mm-hmm. with the whole making of the new world system mm-hmm. that FDR had started. But now Truman is has a completely different philosophy. So you right. can see the you can see where the you know having a maybe a guy who like. Cheney who can step in in a role when needed and can fill mm-hmm. a specialty mm-hmm. maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing right um and Truman did uh, I thought Truman did an excellent job I thought he marginalized Russia a little too much mm-hmm. that helped that pushed Russia more towards the brink and right. made, made the Cold War worse than it ended up being um could have it made it worse than it could have been right right I don't know we're just I'm just spitballing here that's but it's the just, point of a podcast Jake <laughs> It's just it's interesting to think about. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, this movie is spinning the relationship one way, and I don't right, know if right, that's if that's right. a you know we don't we don't know. But I just thinking about there's there isn't there is something you know al- there's an alternative way to think about yes, it. And I'm just absolutely. trying to think think For that sure. out. One interesting uh, thing theme throughout the movie that kind of makes me think about something that you and I always talk about is uh, ambition. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a heavy theme throughout that movie. Yeah, uh, I think he was ambitious. Yeah, um, that's not. Yeah, I don't think that is. You can definitely see that in his actions, right? But it sh- it kind of showed like him kind of being 
maybe not as ambitious early on, kind of uh, drinking a lot, not doing well in school. And then Lynn, in the film, Lynn was like, you need to get your shit together or I'm out. Because he, he went to the University of Wyoming, right? I think so. But then he went to Yale, I think, and then got kicked out because he was not doing well. Okay. And then he got a DUI, I think, two of them. Mm. Um, and then, so she was like, basically gave him an ultimatum. Like, you need to get your shit together. Like, there's an interesting scene. She's like, you know, as a woman, I can't, I can't make this for us so you need to do it like step up um which i thought was interesting but it might be re- you know reflection of the time and so um so then i think he went back to school and then started really getting into like did an internship and that's where he met up with rumsfeld and kind of became rumsfeld's secondhand guy and kind of worked his way up but mm-hmm. ambition was was definitely a theme through that movie and it was just interesting to to kind of see it portrayed in this film um because there are some elements throughout the film that you see like, oh, ambitious ambition can be dangerous. Um, and well, it can be, especially if you have an ideology based, like similar to what Rumsfeld and uh, Cheney had, which mm-hmm. was a, a primacy doctrine that they wanted to remake the world. They wanted to remake the world, remake the world system because they had a fundamental belief that by spreading democracy mm-hmm. far and wide, and with the Ameri- with the United States at the center of mm-hmm. that being that enforcing arm to either coerce states into changing their behavior and becoming more democratic mm-hmm. or through incentives, through like economic incentives and using institutions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then, um, so yeah, I think you can, when you have somebody who's super ambitious and, and not only ambitious for their own, uh, their own belief, like their own career, but also ambitious because they believe so much in their like ideology about America's role in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can see how in a time like after the post nine 11 era, how that, you know, can end up, man- end up manifesting. So it makes you wonder, like it really, the vice president shouldn't be something that we should just not care about. Right. We should, we should, when, when a president picks a running, mate. Picks, a man, picks a running mate, really analyze that decision. Yeah, for sure. Because that, like, what you're saying now, you know, even even in the film, Dick Cheney was like, I don't, you know, his wife in the film was like, uh, you don't want to be the vice president. They don't do anything. And he was like, but maybe this is my chance to do something with it. Um, so now, like, you, you're, what you're saying is, like, the role is, is kind of changed a little bit. Um, and uh, Well, it can. It based can. On who the president yes, it can. Is. And if, if, if you're going to look at someone choosing a running mate, that might say something either about who they who the person is running for president or maybe an area of shortcomings that they recognize yeah. mm-hmm. and you know what i mean yeah. so you can analyze that deeper than just like oh they're just picking this person or yeah trump needed indiana right right so he picked pence like, um, i don't i don't know um yeah it's just interesting like definitely trump has taken the stance like obviously he wants all power consolidated yes. Yes. around him yes um he doesn't i mean even the cabinet even, even presidents who have marginalized their vice presidents have still like taken advantage of their cabinets right um pretty much jfk kept lyndon b johnson out of almost all foreign policy matters mm-hmm. and he relied heavily on his cabinet right in the joints in the joint chiefs and stuff mm-hmm. like that Whereas like Trump, it's just, it's all him mm-hmm. 100%. So He's the CEO. He is the CEO. Uh, great. Another great moment, sad moment, was Colin Powell's speech at the UN about basically saying, 
convincing, trying to convince the the rest of the world that there was weapons of mass destruction, and it was, when he didn't even believe it himself. Yes, yeah, yeah. And there was did they show that in the yes, movie? Yes, there's oh, a moment where he's like, I I've been against this since day one, and they're like, you got to do it, and he was like. And they said that in the end of the film that that was one of his greatest regrets. Did they bring... So this is interesting. Did they yeah. bring up um, at all the administration wanting Colin, like wanting Colin Powell's moment at the UN General Assembly to reflect Adlai Stevens' um, moment under JF? Did they mention Adlai Stevens at all? They may have. Okay. Do you know who Adla- Adlai Stevens no. was? Okay. So he was but the... But it sounds familiar. So and I, if I don't know the name, that means I heard it recently. <laughs> so Adlai Stevens was the... Um, uh, the U the ambassador to the UN under the under the Kennedy administration mm-hmm. and when Kennedy gave when they were trying when the Bay of Pigs failed mm-hmm. and um, Kennedy sent Adley uh, Adley Stevens to the UN with all of this material didn't really tell Stevens that it was they had anything involved with it because the entire world was blaming the United States right. for like um, funding this you know revolution this trying to overthrow a, a sovereign nation. Mm-hmm. And Stevens goes up and gives, you know, what presents the information that he was given by the Kennedy administration Mm -hmm. as fact and then was completely embarrassed on the U.N. because the Soviets came back with all of this information that disproved everything that Stevens was saying. Holy shit. Completely embarrassed the United States and embarrassed Stevens. And Stevens was going to resign. He said never. Yeah. And never again. Well, when the Cuban Missile Crisis was going on, they call on Stevens again and they said, Go get us this win. We need you to have this moment, and you need to convince the that there yeah. are this, that the, the Soviets are keeping um, uh, nuclear weapons in in Cuba. You need to go convince the UN General Assembly. And he said, "I will not do it until you convince me." <gasps> so the administration had to convince Stevens. Convince Whoa. Stevens was convinced. Stevens took that information to the and he had like it's it's one of the in terms of U.S. diplomacy mm-hmm, it's one of like mm-hmm. the it's one of like the it's like the biggest moment right like right. it's it's this moment that all diplomats want to have because he sits there and he's he's got obviously the facts on his side he's got yes. the, he's got the pictures and uh, he says to the uh, Soviet ambassador he says Mr. Ambassador do do you have nuclear weapons in Cuba and the the, the the Soviet guy is sitting there in, with his headphones mm-hmm. on waiting for the translation. Mm-hmm. He's like, don't wait. He's like, don't wait for the uh, translator. I'll be f- to give your answer. I'll be waiting until hell freezes over for that answer. And like, that's one of like the biggest moments. Like he just called the Soviet ambassador out on the floor. And that's like the biggest diplomatic moment. Cause it was a huge win for the United really? States. And it basically wow. just like undercut the Soviet ambassador's mm-hmm. ability to even respond. Cause it was like, you're never going to actually give me the truthful answer. That's yeah. what he meant by that. Yeah. And so, the Cheney and the Bush administration wanted Colin Powell's moment at the UN to be that Adley mm. Rushman's, that Adley star, not Adley Rushman, that's a catcher for Oregon State, Adley <laughs> Stevens. Right. Um, Adley Stevens' moment at the UN, he want, they wanted Colin Powell's moment to, they, they even said to, they like, we want, we want that moment. We want our Adley Stevens moment with mm-hmm. Colin Powell to go out and show the world that that's interesting. Iraq had nuclear weapons. Right. Well, he doesn't, it's not convincing. Right. It ends up not being convi- really convincing, and the UN doesn't give the United States permission to invade Iraq, mm-hmm. and they, they obviously we do it anyway. Right. Um, but it's it's interesting that it, they they wanted the the Cuban Missile Crisis, but really they got the Bay of Pigs. Right. Like if you were to combine compare them. So anyway, mm. I just I just was wondering if they had yeah. mentioned that at all because it's it's was a big influence, like kind of a big influence of why Stephen like Colin Powell was there. Right. I want to check this out real quick. All right, I found it real quick. I want to play it because I think that's interesting. 
crazy that's crazy it's interesting um so i i have uh some a quote from the movie um that i th- I, th- I think you would find is interesting um so Tyler Perry plays Colin Powell, which I thought was interesting. Did a pretty good job. Brought um, in a lot of co- comedians to play these roles. Well, he's a comedian director. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So he says, uh, quote, I've been very vocal, very vocal about my reservations about invading Ira- Iraq. Uh, we're talking about invading a sovereign nation without any provocation. It's a sovereign nation, Don. What's the exit strategy? What's the intelligence? You break it, you bought it. You break it, you bought it. Those are the quotes yeah. from that scene. Mm-hmm. Um Interesting. I thought it was cool that they brought that part into it. Um, and then they show him like going to the UN and, and making that speech. And I don't know. I want to watch. I haven't watched the, the real one mm-hmm. yet, but fuck, that would be interesting to watch. Yeah. Knowing that he didn't want to do it. Well, for, as portrayed by this movie. But if you really had your reservations, I would imagine that going in from the UN and trying to tell them we need to do this would be hard. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I thought it was a cool film. Um, there's a lot to take away from it, but obviously don't take it as gospel because it's a Hollywood film with comedians and Jake hates comedians. <laughs> <Don't> hate comedians. <laughs> I just feel like if you're going, it, when you put comedians in the in this role, like, yeah. you clearly have an agenda. Well, he's been in a lot of roles where he's not just a comedic actor. Dude, he's multiversed. Tyler Perry? Yeah. Like Boo, Amadeus Family Reunion? No, like he was in Star Trek. He was like the one of the captains or something of the school. He was one of the leaders of the school. Tyler Perry was? Yeah, bro. Watch a movie. Okay. <laughs> I watched the new Star Trek, so I don't remember seeing him in it. He must have been a small part. You know when uh, Kirk gets in trouble? Yeah. Um, for cheating the system? In the very first one? Yes. Yeah, with the... And he has to go in front of that panel? Mm-hmm. He's the head of the panel. Oh, he is. Okay, well, that's a small part. It doesn't matter. He oh. wasn't a, He wasn't no. cracking jokes. Go to work, Jake. Go to work? Yeah. Oh, d- one last thing. Okay, what do you got? All, or talk about the Blazers. Uh-huh. Thank God we're not the Knicks. Oh, the drafts? Yeah. They tanked to get the number one pick? And then they didn't get it. <laughs> I heard what's-his-name doesn't even want to go to... The Pelicans. The Pelicans. Yeah. So I don't know what it, he's going to pull a like an Eli Manning and say I refuse to pay to play for your franchise. Like what does that do? Hmm. Colin Coward was saying New Orleans should trade. Fuck Colin Coward to trade the number one pick and Anthony Davis, and you would get like if you trade the number one pick Oof. to the Knicks, uh-huh. you get you'll still get the third pick, which means that or you trade Anthony Davis for the third pick, and uh-huh. you still get you'll get the number one overall pick. So you can pay like John Morant, and then you could get R.J. Barrett. Right. And then you could like you get all that extra stuff. You can just like move her for the Pelicans. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. No, they'll probably going to take the pick. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see. Anyway, basketball, basketball Jones. All right. Uh, 
Thanks for listening, guys. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys are sharing it out there for us. Um, <laughs> I'm Jeff, and this is Iron Eyes Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Eyes J Train. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I'm well, good to go. You good to go? Yeah. You sure you got something on your mind? No, I just. No, no, not really. Just the trade. This trade war is bumming me out. Oh. Maybe we're not going to go for a minute because I have some thoughts on that. I had a dream last night that oil prices, gas, mm-hmm. was like fucking five dollars, and the the it was chaos mm-hmm. in the world, dude. People were like fighting and like burning shit, like just anger. Mm-hmm. That's what's gonna happen with tomatoes and avocados, bro. People fucking love avocados, and they're so trendy now. You're gonna have so many hipsters just like. Making signs <laughs> about their avocados, yeah, their higher dude. avocado prices, because he's threatening to tariff Mexico further. Yeah. Even though he signed the greatest um, trade deal that ever was with uh, Canada and Mexico, that redid that redid the worst trade deal of all time between Umska? the United States, <laughs> USMCA, Umska, Umska. Yeah, dude. Uh, I After did two point oh. I did. Uh, I did get a, a Trump supporter that you know. Um, to tell me to finally admit like, okay, maybe, maybe it's kind of fucked. <laughs> I was like, what? Cause we were talking about taxes mm-hmm. and he got railed on taxes. And then we were talking about, um, just these tariffs and, and goods coming from Mexico that people eat every day in the United States. And I'm like, dude, it's going to fuck a lot of things. Like you, it's not just, it's not just avocados and tomatoes coming from Mexico, but you're going to see a chain reaction in, in, in restaurants mm-hmm. and, and everyday foods. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, maybe this isn't the best. Wow. Yeah. So it's amazing when people's pocket buckets hurt, how fast their ideology that's all changes. It, that's all people give a shit about is money because when we're talking about taxes, he was bummed that he didn't get a tax return and had to pay a shit ton. Mm-hmm. And now having to pay more in food, now you're worried. Yeah. Thing with, so my take is like, I don't disagree with the, with the tariffs on China. Yeah. Um, because I think it's, it is necessary. Mm-hmm. So I, in itself, I don't disagree with the premise of getting in, like trying to, using United States's power to leverage China. Right. It's just he's done it in absolutely the worst way possible and he's trying to have his cake and eat it too. Yes. Um that's the problem. Because he has clearly made it his his supporters apparently can't decide between caring about the international realm mm-hmm. and punishing China um as you know almost like on a moralistic ground mm-hmm. because you know China is rising and that threatens US interests. Well, if you don't but then on the other hand, you don't want to pay anything to protect those interests. Right. Like we don't want to fund the institutions that the United States set up to keep countries like China from influencing directly the international sphere. Right. Um, so it's just like on they want they want it both ways. They right, want the United right. States to be this dodge, d- dominant hegemon, but mm-hmm. then they don't want to pay any costs associated with mm-hmm. it, right? They don't want the world being dictated by Russia and China, but then they don't want to spend anything. They don't want any of our money to go to the costs that are associated with keeping that from happening. And then you're like, oh, we're going to punish Europe. Mm-hmm. We're going to pull out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. We're going to sever all of these ties with all of our closest allies, mm-hmm. but then we're going to try to unilaterally impose sanctions on china well Mm -hmm. 
this would work a lot better and the hit on the United States would be a lot less if you were actually working with a coalition instead of marginalizing everybody and trying to make this a one-on-one fight, which the United States can weather a trade war better than China can. It just it just has the capability to do that. We rely less on imports and exports in China's and our economy is stronger across the board than China's is. Even though like their GDP growth is at 14%, they have this massive GDP number. Underneath that number, they're they're purchasing power parity. A lot of the other economic indicators, the the average wealth per individual is incredibly low in China. They don't have the purchasing power the United States has. That's just, we consume more, mm-hmm. therefore we're a, we're a stronger economy than China's. So that's just plain and simple. So we can weather a trade a trade war longer than they can. So that means, you know, and Trump understands that. Unfortunately, at what cost? And the cost is going to be a lot greater than it could have been had he not done everything else he's done leading up to this point. And that's my biggest, that's my biggest problem with it. So you're, you're saying just being isolated and being instead of having a team behind you, a support cast behind you going into this mm-hmm. trade war, you're you're now going in and alone alone. And the costs are going to be a lot greater yeah, yeah. because then they would have been if he had worked, if he had formed a coalition with a trade, you know, used mm-hmm. the World Trade Organization, which China is a part of mm-hmm. taking their almost like. Kennedy did with um, to the UN with the uh, with the nuclear missiles, right? Mm-hmm. You go there and you if you have you feel like you have the the case, which the United States does. China is cheating in trade, right? They, right there right. are legitimate complaints there. Take it to the WTO and a, and a council of the rest of the world and say this is this is our case. It'll go to the panel of experts. You mean democracy? <laughs> <laughs> It'll go to that panel of exports exports. And even if case, okay, so even if the, the the enforcement mechanisms at the World Trade Organization don't have the ability to actually force yes. China to do anything, you still have the you still have gone there and you on the moralistic high ground yes. that makes other people want to latch onto you and form your coalition because you're coming from it in the right way you've, you've proven your case to the world and the and all that uncertainty and about america's intentions all that kind of stuff can can be soothed over through open and in, in through open debate mm-hmm. and if you are coming it from the right place other people are going to want to latch onto that because they don't they want to see the united states Europe does not want to see the United States re-entrenched. Right. They have a there there's an interest there to have the United States still be the world dominating power. They don't want to have to go to China as this as you know as the sole they don't want to see that switch happen. Um but anyway. That's a great point. That's just my that's just my point. I like that. That was good. You fucking had that thing holstered. <laughs> I've been thinking about that a lot. All right. Um I need to talk to you about some other stuff after this okay so we'll get to that uh thanks for listening and keep an eye out for new logos and new stuff we got going on we'll see you guys next week bye you sure bye yeah (laughs) (laughs) bye bye Say what you mean.